Welcome in podcast listeners. We are here from the new headquarters of the podcast studios. I tell you what, I hope it's the last time we have to pick up and move. Landlord kicked us out of the last three, four places, but we're here to stay because the property is ours. Coming from an undisclosed St. Louis location, happy to be back in your AirPods or your car or however you listen to podcasts. I know a lot of people, from what I've kind of researched, a lot of people just listen on their phone, not even through headphones or car. They just you know, hit play on their phone, which I've never really been one to do that. But if that's how you're doing it here today, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you choosing the podcast. Go ahead and share with your friends. Shoot over in a text thread or email or Snapchat, however you get a hold of your friends, let them know what we're doing here on the podcast. Encourage the reviews, five stars. Um, tell us what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show. Uh, we're going to be back on our regular schedule. Don't sweat it. I had uh, boxes up to my neck in the old place, and I was signing off on this and that. And, and finally, we're, we're back into some order here. Maisie the Hound has her bed laid out in her own little space. She's got a bigger backyard to where she can bark at the neighbors and other dogs around the area. We're happy. We're back in order here. It's the podcast. Thanks so much for listening to episode 94. I guess I should clarify too that uh, Taylor, Miss Taylor is also with us here at the new place. I know I mentioned Maisie failed to mention uh, Ms. Taylor, she's here with us too. Nothing happened. Just wanted to make sure that I uh, set the record straight on that end. And when we're talking about relationships, it's hard not to think about Tom Brady's relationship right now. 11-day absence from camp, training camp from the Buccaneers is the latest. And then, of course, we had the whole Dolphins thing and wanting to be an owner, but then also playing going uh, under the table and meeting with Stephen Ross apparently multiple times in 2019 before he was uh, even uh, expired. His contract was still going on uh, with the Patriots. And then, of course, most recently uh, here in the winter in January or February, I think it was, he was talking to the Dolphins. And then, of course, the, the, the retirement, but he never actually used that word. He made us believe he was retired. It's all just kind of weird for Tom. It's very un-Brady-like. This guy is usually quiet, um, very regimen, uh, rigid. This is just a weird offseason. And we're, we're now leading up to camp here. He's got three offensive linemen injured. You got a new receiver in Russell Gage, who apparently is supposed to be a key contributor. He's never actually played all that well. You know, he's got some talent here, but you miss valuable reps and trying to get on the same page with him, which Brady, over 23 years, has told us is key with a new receiver, is getting down the playbook with them. And then, of course, you got Julio Jones, who's new. I mean, he'll probably be a safe bet to, to begin the year, but you know he can get injured at any moment. This is valuable time miss. And you got to think, what would pull Brady away from football? I know there was that thing like, oh, he might be shooting a new film. Bullshit. That guy's not missing out on football to do that. He, If he wanted to film something during the year, they would do it on his time. 
they wouldn't say, hey, Tom, you got to be here uh, away from training camp, and this is the hours we're doing it. Bullshit. No. They would do it on his time because he's the star in whatever film you're making. This has to do with him and Giselle. I, I think that's pretty safe to say. I know national media outlets don't want to do that because they're actually connected with Brady, probably have his phone number, have uh, you know rapport with him over the 20-plus years. That makes sense. I get it. But for those in the outside space here in our basements in St. Louis, let's just call it how it is. His relationship is probably on the fritz. Giselle is pissed. She wanted him to retire, and then he did, but then he did not. And then he's got all this, like, under-the-table, big-picture plans with owning a team, which, you know, owning an NFL team, depending upon how successful you want to be, if you want to be a good one, that's going to take up a lot of your time. So this guy is over here saying, yeah, honey, I'm going to be home. And then he goes back to football to play again. So he reneged on his deal. And then also behind the scenes, he's also talking about once he is done playing, ultimately owning an NFL team, which Brady, just like anyone who does own an an NFL team, they want to be successful. That's going to take a lot of fucking work. So, yeah, I think this is pretty safe here. To call that he, this 11-day absence was him like trying to uh, massage whatever you know discord there is between him and his wife. I'm not saying that they're you know gonna break up here. That that's doubtful, but obviously there's something going on here that it's just like holy shit. Like the guy missed training camp. It wasn't OTAs. It, it wasn't any other off-season part uh, of that program. It, it was training camp. You're trying to gear up for the season. And, and this is a Bucks team and entering his third year. They've never had more question marks. So really, really strange times in Tampa Bay with Brady. I've already told you, New Orleans is kind of my uh, pick to click as far as teams that have a lot of talent, but then you got all these question marks. And if everything aligns pretty well, the Saints are my team to, to click here. I, I kind of like what Carolina is doing. I liked them last year. It all makes me think that, you know, Brady walking off into the sunset, playing at a high level. Do I think he's going to play well? Yeah, I do. But as far as his team, that's a huge question mark as we go into September. Unfortunately, it's it's been so long since, you know, I've had your ears here to talk about what's been going on. Fernando Tatis banned 80 games, PED suspension. Everybody's in alignment. I don't think it was a competitive advantage thing, but perception, unfortunately, is reality in the case for MLB stars. People will now have PED, those big three letters, attached to Fernando Tatis' name. And that's okay, because that's the risk that you run being an NFL player. Whether it's this stanza, I don't even know the name of it, okay? He was saying he was getting treated for ringworm, or if it's uh, the stuff that McGuire was using, if it's the cream in the clear that Bonds was using, it's a PED, it's under the list. You need to make sure you're doing all the vetting possible so this does not happen. Mariano Rivera, a guy who was squeaky clean his whole career, 20-plus years, fantastic player. He trusted no one. That was the big thing in his last year in 2013 when Biogenesis was coming out, and then it was the Rivera tour with the Yankees. He said, I trust no one, even my trainer. My trainer says, hey, use this. I say, no, send it to Major League Baseball. I need the verification. That's what everybody needs to do. 
and you hear Pedro Martinez, David Ortiz, you know, look, Dominican guys, they have Fernando's back. But look, you, your dad was in the major leagues. He played during the steroid era. 1999, when Pedro had his magical run uh, against those PED guys, David Ortiz, 2002, cut by the Twins and went to the Sox and became a Hall of Famer. Like, that shit was 20 years ago. There's no excuse at this point in time. Like, there are years upon years upon years. You sh- If you make this mistake, it's on you. And, and I'm okay. Like, I, I'm not even really mad at him. It's like, oh, you're, you're tainted now. That's not even what I'm talking about. All I'm saying is it's squarely on your shoulders. And if there's one thing to gripe about, which that's all I've seen the media do thus far, so I don't know where Pedro and Big Poppy are getting you know, all up in arms about it, he's unavailable for the Padres. Forget legacy. Forget if he was trying to get an advantage. He's not available to play. San Diego has gone all in on 2022. All in. I still think they'll be pretty good, and they got pretty good prospects. But nonetheless, this was the year. They're competing in the wild card race. They got a real chance to upend the Dodgers if they get the chance in the playoffs. But he's not available. The guy that they gave 14 years, $340 million to, because he didn't check with Major League Baseball with what he was putting on his body, a topical. That's just foolishness. And yeah, he, he's 23 years old. It's not that he should be kicked out of the league. I, again, I don't even look at this like as an advantage thing, but you got to be smarter than this. You were raised in an MLB household. Your dad played during the steroid era. This is just malpractice on your part and... I get that the Dominican guys, they don't want his legacy to be tainted forever, but it's just like, yeah, that, that's reality. People who are just common fans, who, who aren't digging into the nitty-gritty of the uh, PED ban list <laughs> and the policy and everybody's you know statement that they put out every other day because the news cycle just never ends, when they just see PEDs, that's what they're going to draw to. And you just have to live with that being a Major League Baseball player. So... Tatis, I don't feel sorry for you. This was completely in your control, and the saddest part is is you're not going to be in San Diego come October. It is pretty wild. The St. Louis Cardinals, just how quickly that Juan Soto disappointment disappeared. It was a matter of days. Literally, maybe 24 hours. The Cardinals, that's when they played the Yankees, went on their great run, uh, I think it was like, I think they won seven or eight in a row. It, it was just the perfect thing that you needed to put that whole thing to bed because the Cardinals made some great moves. Even after the fact, Quintana, Montgomery, they've been excellent. But it was even before that performance that you saw. I know uh, Montgomery got batted around a little bit yesterday. I'm recording this here on Sunday on, uh, on Saturday evening. He kind of took one on the chin a little bit. But... Other than that, like you knew these were good moves. They needed starting pitching. They got it. Juan Soto, obviously, you would love that bat in the outfield. But from what I was looking at, the trade proposals that they were throwing out there, there was not going to be anybody in the outfield but Juan Soto. It was going to be a bunch of no-names. Lars Newbar, Corey Dickerson, they've stepped up in the absence. But you don't go into a trade banking on that. It's been a wonderful uh, 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 proposition here that's happened recently the Cardinals are a damn good team. I really like where they are. And I don't, and I'm usually not very optimistic on the Cardinals. They don't give me much reason to believe that. But the, the, the 
the competitiveness combined with Pujols and his home run chase, it's made a, a very good summer here in 2022. I think Pujols has an outside chance now to get to 700. Now, if he cools off even for about 10 days, it's going to make it very difficult. That's why I say outside chance. And he, he's going to have to have another multi-homer game. He's going to have to be in there against a lefty, maybe against the Pirates or the Reds. I'm not sure who they have on their staff who might be left-handed, but he's going to need another multi-homer day. We'll see what he does here on Sunday against the Braves. They got a power bullpen, so I don't know if I see that happening necessarily. But it, it's made it outside of the bonds because that was just the all-time chase and you know he was divisive. It, it made it interesting. Outside of Bonds, this is the coolest home run chase I've ever been a part of. One thing that I hate with my age group is the people that say they remember McGuire. No, you don't. That, that was 1998. I was four years old. You don't have a memory at four years old. Not one that you can actually recall and, and actually think clearly about. I, I don't remember McGuire. McGuire is like 99, 2000, 2001 is final year. I just knew that he was the best player on the Cardinals and he was my favorite player, therefore. But I don't actually remember 1998. So when you combine this pool holes thing, the home run chase, farewell tour, you see him signing jerseys, giving them to little kids, which is obviously, you know, memory forever. And then the Cardinals are actually very well balanced, best team in the division. Yeah, Goldschmidt, MVP. Arenado, if Goldschmidt wasn't on the team, he would probably be the MVP. This is just shaping up to be a really good team. This will be a team that even if it, you know, does not win the World Series, which we know anything can happen in October. This will be a team to remember for a long, long time. And, you know, I'm just kind of sad that we only got a month left here before it all could potentially be over. You know, one thing that's going on right now at Buffalo, they're gearing up for maybe their most loaded roster in, you know, 20 years. Like, I, I forget when Jim Kelly, just how many years it's been now. It's got to be maybe close to 30 years. Um, they're gearing up for a huge, huge season, and now they're going into it with this whole punter thing, and it looks like they really effed up in this situation. They drafted a punter, and pretty highly, you know, usually punters are like six, seventh round picks, undrafted free agents, and they cut a really good one in, in uh, Hawk, who I actually worked with his cousin, uh, Keaton Hawk. He, he, we worked together with the Chiefs. And uh, Matt Hawk is now a punter on the Colts. And he, he was a good punter. He, you know, kicked for the Dolphins. Then he went elsewhere. And then he was on Buffalo. They let one go. And now they have to cut their other one because apparently there was a gang rape of a 17-year-old girl. It would be one thing if all of the accusations were not in alignment with what this punter was giving you. Again, I don't even know how to say his name. Is it like Isaiah, Isaiah, Matt, Isaiah, Areza, Matt Areza. But he admitted to having sex with this girl. She's 17. That should be enough. I don't know what the the waiting game is here, Bills. You, you get rid of this guy. Absolutely 100%. So, you know, Brandon Bean, high-level guy, really surprised that they waited a month. Like anytime you have this information, maybe you don't go public with it. Like I understand that. That's like the NFL's policy. Like, hey, if you get this information, don't go public with it. We'll we'll address it when we need to. However, 
He's on Barstool Sports heaping praise on the guy, saying he's a great kid. What? You cannot do any of that when you know this is under uh, under the table here. You know, just uh, 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 um, people don't know about it yet. You can't do that. This is just, th- this was horrible, horrible PR for the Bills. And, and they're gearing up for a great season here. And, you know, look, they're, they're going to find someone that can adequately punt, I'm sure, that's not going to, you know, sink their season because their special teams is so bad. Not going to punt all that often with Josh Allen slinging the rock the way he did to end 2021. But, I mean, you would think, again, a lot like Tatis with, like, past examples, that NFL teams would handle these things better, but they don't. They don't. This guy should not have been drafted, or it sounds like they learned of it after drafting him. But afterwards, they should have just cut him and just said they found someone better or, you know, new news came up, but we're not going to disclose it. Just once you know enough, make the decision. Once you know, what are you waiting for? Move on. That's the whole thing with Belichick. That's why he's so good about moving on for players that aren't productive, even if he drafts them high. He knows once this guy cannot help me, he's out. And in this case, there's a heinous crime that is potentially out there with one of your players, and you're holding on to him. And if you hold on to him, you better have a damn good explanation as to why to do that. And, you know, uh, Brandon Beam, GM, he really effed this one up in Buffalo. So I was uh, unpacking some boxes, moving things around, cutting the grass, just pretty much my last day running around like a madman, I, I hope, here with the with the new digs. Uh, but I caught the Northwestern-Nebraska game, and I didn't even know until I actually flipped it on. I saw something on Twitter, um, and, and I just thought it was a joke. I, and at first, I didn't quite get it, but then I realized this game's in Ireland. It's in Dublin. And what a fantastic thing to do by college football. That should be something that they do every year. A week before Labor Day weekend, you have a standalone game, or maybe even a couple. I don't know. Maybe maybe you do a handful. There's so many college football teams out there, but you make it a week before Labor Day, and you swallow up that real estate. People are thirsty for football at this point in time. That's you know the one thing about the XFL and the spring football leagues is you're coming off the NFL. A lot of people are tired. Uh, of football. I, I think they seem to think there's like an appetite. Not really. People are kind of ready for March Madness, for hoops, looking a little bit more seriously at the NBA, getting into baseball as well. So the whole spring football thing, you know, wh- while it may survive, I don't know if it'll ever thrive. In this case, with August, people are ready for some games. They're reading up on the upcoming season, whether it's college or NFL. They're seeing training camps. They're reading about practices going on. Go ahead and play more games in August. You've been practicing. You've been gearing up. Teams are ready to play. They want to get to games sooner because they're tired of being out in the heat and just thumping pads with their teammates. Go ahead and do something like this. NFL is not playing games. They're not going to move up their season. Things got to be a little bit more calculated because it's a business perspective sort of deal in the NFL. College, go ahead and do this. You can go overseas, play a game. You grow fans over there. It's a neat experience for the team, players, even the fan base, their vacations. Maybe they'll plan around that, and you'll see your fan base travel with you. Go ahead and do it. I, I think this was a smashing success. It was a great game, too. I was in and out of the house looking at it. I didn't actually sit down and, and watch, really, but I just know that fourth quarter, close game, 
and there's free beer at the stadium, which not everybody's going to do, but it's a boom for the city. And again, you're swallowing up the real estate that is out there for you. Not many opportunities do you get if you're college football where NFL football is not going on. Preseason games, you know, while some people are tuning into those more than they have in the past uh, because networks are making it somewhat of a deal, they still want to see meaningful games. And a college football game that actually counts versus your win-loss record in the regular season, people are going to tune in to watch that over a preseason game. And yeah, what, what I think it's pretty cool if you're watching Mizzou in, in London and, and what I think twice, hmm, maybe I will take that European vacation that you know I've thought about my whole life if Mizzou's going to be playing a football game. I, I'm not a soccer guy. And while I probably would check it out, I think it's a lot more of appeal if Mizzou is playing a football game in 2025. <laughs> you know, like I, I think this was really cool. I think more teams should do it. If you've been listening before, you know Jimmy Garoppolo, my preferred quarterback for the Niners as they go into 2022. And we're seeing Trey Lance take the field now. I think he looks better. I do not think he looks ready to quarterback a team that wants to make the playoffs and go to the Super Bowl. They have a good roster. They've had a good draft. But he is the one guy that could hold him back. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the team. Likely will be cut if nobody takes the bait here. Now, I'm kind of inching closer to the idea that maybe they do keep Garoppolo. That's a huge cap hit that they take for a backup quarterback. But if Lance stinks up the joint or if he gets hurt, you want something that can come in and play. So, I mean, John Lynch has said repeatedly, I'm not just going to give him away. So I I could see him, you know, being held on to. But, you know, based off reports and what they're saying, the plan is before that guaranteed salary kicks in for Jimmy G, he will be cut before week one. And if that's the case, Seattle's going to be very happy. Uh, a lot of other teams are going to be very happy, like Pittsburgh should be. But if he is a Niner, it's going to be a great insurance policy because when I'm looking at Lance right now, he, he's still not ready. And, and I know he's got to play, so it, I don't mar- – you know, they're, they're not in a good situation here. Trey Lance has to play to get better, but you also have a team that's ready – to win games and potentially even win a Super Bowl game. So I still think Jimmy Garoppolo would be the better bet here. You got Brett Favre coming out and saying it. There are anonymous scouts who they're NFL scouts, but they're, they're, they're reporting it anonymously. They're saying that, yeah, this guy just doesn't have it. He's not as refined. He's not going to lead the offense like Jimmy G would. They're not going to play sound offensive football. Said it from the beginning. John Lynch, like he, he listened to Twitter. He got obsessed with value. It's this Mahomes syndrome that's going around. Jordan Love and the Packers. Like, that guy's completing 50% of his throws right now in Green Bay. They just are marveling at the talent, the physical gifts. Do you remember Brett Veach with Patrick Mahomes? When did he start scouting him? Patrick Mahomes was drafted in 2017. You know how long ago Brett Veach was looking at this guy? 2014. I don't know, but I I would suspect the Packers, they didn't have scouts on Jordan Love three years beforehand. What I think happened is Patrick Mahomes burst onto the scene after sitting for a year, learning from Andy Reid, having a perfect situation, a perfect roster, a perfect coach, not taking anything away from him, but he was developed in a very, very good spot. I think the Packers saw that and said, hey, we want to do that. Too bad you got a bad player. He just doesn't play football well. 
I stepped out of my lane back when I said it was the worst first-round pick I've ever seen because typically I don't like to get into the uh, to the scouting world. I, I'm not one to say, like, the scouts got this one wrong at the time. But at that time I did because I, I saw his tape. He doesn't play football well. Yeah, is he a great athlete? He doesn't play good football well. And that's what I think is happening here with Trey Lance, or it could happen. I think he's a very coachable kid. He's been uh, grown up about the situation. He's got some talent. Not saying he shouldn't be in the league, but you're, you're just you're getting obsessed with the big play gifts that you see on Twitter. And John Lynch, you know, I I think he's a sharp guy, Stanford. But let's be honest, he's very active on Twitter. He he, he liked a, a tweet defaming Garoppolo on Christmas Eve while he was at church. He's at church and he's on Twitter. Clearly, the internet and just the the modern way people start to think, it's affecting the general manager. Instead of thinking about what got you here in the first place as being a sound organization, Jimmy Garoppolo, smart football, great decision maker, doesn't make uh, too many mistakes. If he does, he bounces back. And he'll listen. He's coachable. Instead, you're... You want the quick strike. You want the flash plays. And, and that's what the Niners are doing here as they go into 2022. They're not going to be a disaster, but you're in a loaded division. You got the Los Angeles Rams, reigning champs. You got Arizona, who made the playoffs. You got Seattle, who they, they don't lay down for anyone. And you're, you're actively going with this quarterback who, you know, he hasn't played in two years. And I understand he's got to play to improve but you're pretty much drowning potentially the season here and making the playoffs because you don't want to go with a guy that got you to the Super Bowl. It'll be soon here that we have real NFL regular season football. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Uh, I love summer, and summer is still going to be in full swing here for about a, a month longer, but when it starts to get cool, you throw on the sweatshirts, um, gets a little chilly, maybe some pumpkin beer, or even just pumpkins outside. Ms. Taylor has me on pumpkin beer uh, in the last couple of years. It, it, you just start to feel good, good vibes. It's hard to beat Saturdays and Sundays in the fall, and real NFL football, meaningful games. Um, I love it. I love it, and I cannot wait, and soon enough it'll be here. But you also got to tell your friends that each Monday after the the dump of NFL games on Sundays – and maybe even, you know, we'll do bi-weekly. I've said that, you know, a dozen times. It's never happened. Maybe we'll do two episodes a week here. Now that I got my, my headquarters here at the new location, uh, maybe we'll pump out some more content. That way you guys know our thoughts. So let me know about the podcast. Subscribe, share, review. Let me know what we're doing here. Let him know that, hey, Pete, he says some off-the-wall things, but he'll bring some ammo with him. He'll let you know why he thinks what he thinks. And he's not just saying it to say it. He says it because he believes it. Really do. Wholeheartedly, I got my right hand in the air. God, as my witness, this is what I think. I talk it right here in the microphone. Tell your friends about it. We'll see you guys next week.